How you doing? This is Lessons of the Mule, a self-indulgent podcast for your presumed entertainment. My name is Sam Appleman. It is Wednesday, January 28th, about 8.51 p.m. Been living in New York for the last year or so. I'm a native New Englander. Moved to New York to pursue, pursue his dreams. I gotta tell you, I'm not too impressed with uh, New York so far. At least in this sense. Never have I ever met a group of people. When I say group of people, I mean everyone who lives in the city of New York who panic as bad when it comes to a snowstorm. Whether it was gonna be 20 feet, 1 foot, six inches, you got to show a little bit more uh, character. This was really weak. I'm not even going to lie. This is this was weak. Like, are you kidding me? Everyone's buying water, bottled water. They're getting rations. They're preparing for ISIS and the second coming of Jesus or the, the, the rapture or whatever, and it was just going to be some snow. And it turns out it was, what, five inches? I live in Brooklyn. Five inches? Maybe six before it started to melt? That was the, that's what was crazy. By two o'clock on Tuesday, when that was supposed to be the big day, remember? That was supposed to be the day around here where we we're going to be looking at two feet of snow. De Blasio was... You know, canceling everything from the food to, to emergency vehicles only. We're supposed to get two feet of snow. And by 2 o'clock on Tuesday, we had already lost the inch that was made. So we had at most six inches, and by 2 o'clock, we were down to five. Wow. Oh, man. Anyway, that's not the point of... Of this episode, where we're going to be talking about Times Square, New York City buses, the New York City sports teams, particularly the Giants and the Jets. We'll talk a little bit about a Baltimore man trying to start a actually very smart petition. We're going to talk about area rugs, and we might even get into my own life because it's my show I can say whatever I want talk about whatever I want and if I want to get down and personal nice and homegrown I will but enough about me for now let's get a move on with this now I'm a native New Englander I think I mentioned that native New Englander grew up in Longmeadow and East Longmeadow Massachusetts right outside of Springfield for the first 18 years of my life. I go to college out in Rhode Island, went to college for all four years at the University of Rhode Island, graduated back in 2012. And then I decided after a year and a half or so living in Providence that it was time to make a big move. And it is a big move. Anytime you move, it's going to be big because you're changing your circumstances, you're changing what's around you, it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, you got to tell people, you got to make plans, you got to, and in my case, you had to 
quit a job and then you had to start looking for a new job when you had no experience in the area that you're moving in. It was it's a whole pain in the ass, naturally. But this brings us to the first topic that I'm going to be t- talking about right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's accepted BS. Accepted BS, particularly anything that has to do with New York. I've been living in New York for a little over a year, and I've been and I've seen a couple things, learned some things how how things work around here in New York, whether it's you know the, the transit system or you know how why things cost so much or you know what's the best way to you know properly get a job and how do you interact with people. There is a certain decorum that you do follow. There's a couple of unwritten rules that I do like to follow and that I do believe in and that should be accepted. However, there's a lot of things that are accepted that shouldn't be. Accepted BS. Accepted bullshit. Complete bullshit. I don't want to use the word stereotype. That just leads into political garbage that, frankly, has no business being on my show. No business being here. So, we're going to call it accepted bullshit. The first one is moving to New York City in and in itself is an accomplishment. Nothing could be further from the truth. Hey, I'm glad you moved to New York. I'm glad you had the courage. I'm glad you had the money. And I'm glad you have the know-how to to know that your next step in your life is in New York. Great. But too bad, once you move there, no more pats on the back. No more pats on the head. Moving there is not that hard. Moving there is not that hard. I, I, I can't tell you the amount of times, and I still get this. That's what, this is what blows my mind. I've been here for over a year. I've already... This, I'm already on my second apartment. I'm on my fifth job for reasons for that are different from one to another. But And I'm still getting compliments from people for just moving here. Like, congratulations, you moved. I know, a year ago. Why are we still talking about that? And why are you calling me to tell me this? This makes no sense. I don't... I am completely against the the need for people to give you all these compliments and congratulations on something that, frankly, is not that big of a deal. People were saying that over and over. If you tell it to you once, all right, I'm not hating on you for that. Twice, okay, a little bit of leeway. But if you continue to do it and you need to do it, right on my Facebook wall, tell my mother to tell me for the fifth time since since Halloween, get over yourself. You're just projecting your inadequacies onto me. You're just hoping for me to say something back to you to tell me that it was okay for you not to make a big move once upon a time. It's stupid. It's accepted bullshit that moving to New York is somehow an accomplishment. And I get it. Like, living in New York, you know, some people can be really tough. It's expensive. It smells. Uh, it's you can get uh, lost getting around. 
There's, uh, you know, it's, it can be very cutthroat, but then again, so can a lot of places. It was hard for me getting a job in Providence. It was actually easier for me to get a job in New York. I got a job quicker in New York than I did in Providence. So what does that tell you? I'm not that special. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just another guy trying to make a name for himself. I believe in myself. I believe in what I, what I can bring to the table, but come on. If it if something needs to get done, it's gonna get done. Give me spare me that moving to New York City is an accomplishment. It's not. It's really not. The physical move, yes, that was a pain. I had to, I totaled like four trips with my old Ford Explorer, and it was like broken down. Gas was expensive. And I, uh, that was a pain. Parking's a bitch. No longer have a car anymore. Thank God. Ugh. Yeah, physical move. I'll give you that. You gotta hire a guy, and then you gotta make sure nothing gets lost or broken. You gotta buy boxes. You gotta get pack- packaging tape. And if you're moving across the country, you need, you know, the peanuts, those old little styrofoam peanuts that, you know, for baby gets, they'll die, and then you'll go to prison. It's, it's a whole deal. So I understand a physical move is a pain, but the act of moving to New York City, it's just as easy or just as hard as moving anywhere else. So that's that's one. God, and, and it really it really gets at me. <laughs> it really shouldn't get to me this much, but it does. Let's see here. Times Square is the worst place on the face of this earth. I would rather kill myself than to even go anywhere near Times Square. It is an abortion of our humanity. It deserves to be swallowed up by Satan himself. If we were to be nuked, and we had a choice, I would say Putin or King Jong-un, aim here first. That's accepted bullshit number two. That Times Square is the worst place on the face of this earth. Now, to some of you, you might be thinking I'm exaggerating or I'm what am I what am I talking about who thinks this if you have anyone who lives in New York a friend of yours a family member call them up give them a call and ask them what do you think is the worst place in New York what's the one place you would never want to be nine times out of ten they're going to say Times Square when I moved here, I had a couple friends. I still have a couple friends who live in New York, and they had the same answer. Why? What is so awful about Times Square that makes it the worst? There's so many worse places. I like if I had a choice of your top three places of what you don't want to be, Times Square wouldn't even go anywhere near the list. I would choose Times Square over a lot of places, actually. I don't like it. 
I don't like Times Square. This is nothing that would draw me to it. Like, I'm not going to go there on just on a whim. Like, you know, I think I want to go to Times Square today. No chance. It's too expensive. It's too crowded. I, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's basically New York in one little, one little pocket. It's it's a really good microcosm of what New York is. Very bright, very tall, very loud, very smelly, and you're probably gonna spend a lot more money than you should. That's what Times Square is, and it does suck. You hate bumping into tourists and and everything. Every you don't want to spend. You know, $8 on a small, small sandwich. You don't want to spend $6 on a Coca-Cola. Who does? Then go somewhere else. But is it really the worst place on earth? I didn't know the worst place on earth had middle school field trips and pictures of Elmo. I didn't know that was the worst place. I, I never would have fathomed that people make out Times Square to just be this awful pit. I talk to people who are in their 40s and 50s, you know, who've been living here, you know, for 20, 30 years, and they say Times Square is like Disney World now. Times Square in the 70s and the 80s, it was a much different place. You had, you had, you know, you had strip clubs, you had sex shops, you had, uh, like, drug addicts everywhere and uh, people would stab you around the corner to take your take your wallet. I mean, now the worst thing that you have is Elmo gets a little touchy-feely. Batman will probably assault your kid if you don't if he doesn't pay the $5 for the picture he just took. I'm not trying to make light of the situations, but it sure as hell ain't what it, what it once used to be. Times Square is the worst. Go to Staten Island. Go to East Flatbush. Go to the South Bronx. Those things are much, much worse. Times Square's the... Unbelievable. Next. Next. Next case. Next case. Buses are for poor people. Accepted BS number three. Now, this is, that was more, that statement is more of a, uh, is meant to be, you know, cracking a joke. The actual accepted BS is buses are a lesser form of public transportation, especially as compared to the subway. Now, when it comes to the subway, everyone from all walks of life ride the subway. Homeless people ride it up to businessmen with their nice suits. You'll see women with their with their bags from uh, Fifth Avenue. You'll see students, like 12-year-old like kids. You'll see the entertainers playing music to get a, get a couple bucks. That's the subway. It smells like piss. It's you know, it's it's very convenient. It's very dark. But you're going to tell me that that is a better alternative to the bus? In many ways, yes. In many ways, yes. But in many ways, the bus is a lot 
better to take. Believe me. Buses, especially in the last few years. The select bus service in New York? It's The buses are new, like the new buses. It's clean. There's no shit stains yet. There's no piss stains. And they're, you're above ground. You get sunlight. The bus doesn't break down in the middle of a darkened tunnel with rats going all over the place and gnawing at your feet if you... You know, if you're down there for too long, if you look down at the window of a subway, you see nothing. You see nothing but pitch darkness, a suffering asshole of nothing. The bus, at least you get civilization, yet you you know where you are. Subway, you just have a general sense of where you are. When you're in the car, when you're in between stops and you're going, and if you stop, train traffic... One thing everyone hates, that little announcer goes, oh, train traffic ahead will go will go shortly, please be patient. Like, they're telling you to be patient. Like, don't tell me to be patient. Nutball to a guy you can't even see or a woman you can't even see. You just want to punch the window and you're just getting angry. And then you look to your left and there's a homeless guy pissing. You look to your right, there's a stupid couple fingering each other in the corner. That happens. Oh, it's true. I'm not. I'm not just making that shit up. This shit happens every single day. When on the bus, you want to get off early? He's like, you know what? I, th- I think I just wanted would rather walk. Cling, cling. Bus stops almost immediately. And you get off. And you enjoy the rest of your day. You take a walk. Enjoy the sun. In the subway, you're stuck down there. You're trapped. You can't get out. You can't get out. You're stuck with the piss and shit and the annoying 15-year-old dance troupe demanding money in their little hats, almost kicking you in the face. The guy next to you is playing his music way too loud, and that's always the worst freaking music. It's never any music that you can get down with, ever. Even something general, like... Like, staying alive by the Bee Gees. It can't be even something that we'd all enjoy. It has to be freaking Kesha or Lil Wayne. Just anyone of that nature that you just want to... You would rather... You would rather drink that oddly-looking puddle underneath the bench of the subway than listen to another second of that guy's music. And you have that one guy, or one woman, who chooses to eat his entire meal right there. He'll put his suitcase down and eat a hero with a thing of soda, a side of fries, with napkins shooting all over the place, right next to where a homeless guy had pissed or vomited no longer than three hours before. Let me tell you this. Eating on the subway is akin to eating while taking a shit. In a public bathroom. Think about that for a second. That is how bad eating on the subway is. Platform, the subway car. Rookie mistake is getting some food to go before getting on the subway. You're gonna get malaria. You're gonna get hepatitis. 
It's going to catch on you. There's a reason why the rats are down there constantly. People are eating their food. The rats eat on the, on the discarded food, and they get bigger, and they get stronger, and they, and they venture out on the platform sometime. They're drawn to the food. Or you can take the bus and get off whenever you want. Now doesn't that sound like a much better alternative? You know what the worst part is? I'm still going to take the subway because it's way too convenient. But that is accepted BS number three, that buses are a lesser form of transportation. They're not. In so many ways, they're so much better. It's moving on here, moving on. It's so hot in my freaking apartment, man. So hot. I, I live in one of those buildings where you can't control the heat heat's included in the rent so so the so the building supervisor he controls the heat throughout the entire building so in the so in the winter time yeah you get a hot apartment it's warm you don't have to worry about the cold and that means i gotta have the window freaking open and it still does nothing I'm trying to balance it out it still does next to nothing but when it's closed it's like a furnace in here it's awful in here i already got Swampy balls. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nice. That's what I got. Also, gotta get one of those little broom sweepers to sweep all the the dust pans. That's what I'm talking. I need a, I need a dust pan. I have a broom. I have a mop. No dust pan. So the month that I've lived here so far, I've just been collecting intermittent dust piles all over the place. If you look close enough, you can see them forming all over the place another month from now they're just going to be just giant mounds they're going to just look like dead rats I really need to get a dustpan I really really need to get a dustpan this is getting ridiculous I'm an adult now right? 25 is an adult I live in my own place I have my own credit score I have two couches I have a bed on top of that like an actual bed with like a box spring and stuff and more than one set of sheets and guest pillows. That, that's a, I have guest pillows. I'm an adult. Once you have guest pillows, you're no, your childhood is done. Well, childhood's long gone anyway, but your post-college life, that, that year to two years of what the hell do I do next is now gone. You've now moved on to adulthood when you have guest pillows. Who the hell has guest pillows? Adults. That's who. Adults have guest pillows. That's right. I'm an adult. Coffee maker. A TV stand. Not an empty box where I just place my TV. A TV stand. And candles. I have candles. Why? Because it sets a nice ambiance. And it makes the room not smell like lacquer. Which is nice. Not The room's not smelling like lacquer. Like vanilla. Yeah. That's the way it should be. If any room that I've ever lived in for the rest of my life smells like vanilla, I'd be happy. I'd be a happy guy. 
This apartment's not too small, either. Considering it's a studio in New York, it's actually not too bad. I'll get by. Can't hear the neighbors too bad. They haven't complained about me yet. I think eventually they'll complain, because I play, I play the porn. My, my porno, way too loud. Like, way too loud. Like, a unnecessary amount. I have the win- and I have the windows open because it's so hot. Someone has to hear eventually, right? Well, that's just that's just an assumption. It's still a, it's not even a fear until I get the knock on the door. Then then I'll have a guy just coming in. He won't come in, obviously, but he's asking me why is what are you playing so loud? I can hear it down the hall, and I'll have to say I'm so sorry, sir. With just the utter shame on my face. Ugh. I'm not looking forward to that conversation. It'd be worse if it's a woman. Oh, that'd be so much worse. Like a mother age type woman. Like she's in her mid-50s or 60s. And she she knows because she's had nine kids of her own and 37 grandchildren already. She already knows that I'm. It wasn't just in a commercial on television. It was clearly a nine-minute video on freaking porn Pornhub. <laughs> she knows. She knows. Old people. Don't, the thing is. The thing is. What my mistake on that is. She doesn't care. That's my mis. That's my mistake in thinking that she would care. She cares about the noise. But she doesn't care that what it is specifically. Turn it down so her cats can go back to sleep. All 90 of them. But she doesn't care what it is. Old people don't care. They, they've seen enough. They've seen plenty. Like old, old people. When, like when you get in the 80s, they don't care. That's why you get two kinds. They're really, really sweet or really, really nuts. Like, really, really sweet. It's like, oh, you don't know anything, so I'm just going to pat you on your head, give you some cookies, and, you know, let you go on with your life and make your stupid mistakes while I just whistle with my, twiddle my thumbs, knowing that you're an idiot because I learned, learned it all. Or they're really, really nuts and, and evil and, and mean, and they're like, you stupid idiot, I've made all these mistakes, and, and you're just going to become another old grunt like me. Oh, God, I hate you kids. It's pretty harsh, actually. Just created such a cynical old man who also happens to be my neighbor who I don't even know exists. Or he does exist. And he can hear overhear me through the walls right now. That'd be too bad. I don't want that. Oh, man. I lived here for a year. Well, in New York, I lived in a year. For a year. One thing I've learned is Right now, the state of the New York sports teams is not good. I mean, you know, all you got to do is look, on, look at their records right now the last year to, 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 to know that. But it's once you live with amongst the people for a year, the people, the fans, the sports bars, game day near MSG and see the, uh, the general attitude of how, of how they are, I was at a Jets game a f- uh, over a month ago. It was the second to last regular season game. It was against the hate their hated rival r- r- rivals, the Patriots. 
And it doesn't matter if that the game meant nothing. The Jets fans like the had like that normal pep behind them, but they were so depressed. They knew their coach was getting fired. They knew their GM was getting fired. They knew their owner is not getting fired, so they're still really depressed. So, like, they almost have just nothing to look forward to. They don't have a quarterback. They have a front seven and an okay running back. And that's it. They're just such a sad fan base. I have a close friend who's a big Jets fan. And it's just, he's just accepted, he, he, he accepted the reality the second week of September when they got, when they lost the, uh, the, blew the game against the Packers, when they jumped out to a big lead and then everything just fell apart. He's like, well, I'm not surprised. Jets fans are just so depressed. The entire fan base, they need something to latch on to. They just have zero stability in that front office. Zero stability by the owner. Like, like what do you do? Like, how do you fix it? How, as a GM, coming in, how do you fix that? Knowing that your quarterback is not on the team. It's not coming through the draft, and then you have a free agent class that is as bad as it's been in years, where your top reagent quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's a bad case when he's coming out healthy. But he's coming off a broken leg. Like, wow. He was a cast-off of the Bills, a team that's hasn't made a, hasn't been in the playoffs in this century. This millennium. Ooh, that's even worse. That's how bad the Jets are right now. The Giants, on the other hand, I mean, at least they got stability. At least their fans aren't completely obnoxious. And this is coming from a Patriots fan, mind you. That's how much respect I have about about Giants fans in particular. They're not totally obnoxious. I, for years, I believed that Giants fans were obnoxious. No, just like the 10 who went to my school in Massachusetts were obnoxious because, you know, they're... They're in a foreign land themselves, so they got to be extra loud and extra annoying and extra stupid in order to get by against all these Patriots fans. So that's how I judge the entire fan base of the Giants. Then you live here for a year, and you realize the Giants fans are actually very reserved. I've met probably a hundred or so Giants fans in my time here. They're reserved. They're actually really polite. They're smart fans. They know, like, the understandings behind the game. Like, they can actually have some decently smart input in, like, off-season draft stuff. Like, it's actually, you can actually have a pretty good conversation with these guys. And they won't even mention 2007 or 2012, or 2011, rather. It's like, oh, well, thank you. I'm going to keep talking about this. And when they do bring up David Tyree, they at least acknowledge that's, hey, that was one lucky son of a bitch, and David Tyree is like a, a nutball religious freak now. Hey, thanks for that, but we don't really care about you. We just care about the catch. We don't care about David Tyree. I'm like, oh, great. I, I care. I'm halfway there with you because I don't care about the catch either. But I digress. You know, at least they got stability. 
So these fans always have a cautionary optimism year-round, especially in the offseason. Very cautionly optimistic, which I appreciate, which I'm like, yeah, I like that. I can take, I can take that. But then, last couple of years, Eli Manning does Eli Manning things because that's the price you pay when you have the lesser Manning be your quarterback and you might get you basically got a full season's worth of success with the guy between those two Super Bowl years you only had one season's worth you were just lucky enough that happened to be in the second half of each respective season that's the price you pay because you get mediocre at best and horrible at worst with Eli Manning two straight years of leaning leading the league in interceptions I think that's right I'm going to go with that's right that's what you get. That's why I'd rather be a Patriots fan. Even though we lost those two Super Bowls. Wouldn't trade it. Wouldn't trade it. Well, talked about this with uh, some old friends. I don't really talk with any more. Maybe this is why. But I would trade a testicle for Randy Moss to make that catch on the Patriots' last-ditch drive in Super Bowl Forty-Two. Brady stepped back. He threw it. I think the, the furthest I've ever seen Brady actually throw a football. Completion or no completion. The furthest I've ever seen him throw a football in, a, in, in the game, in a game, the, where it traveled. It almost got right to Moss's hands, but it came up just short because what more can he ask from Brady at this point? And the defender tipped it away. But if it went just a little bit further, I would give my one of my testicles, left or right, I don't care which one. Dealer's choice at that point. But I would give a testicle for Moss to have caught that ball. Because if he caught that ball, no defender on any of those Giants' secondary would have touched him. And he would have ran in the end zone, and that would have been that. I'm pretty sure, as a Patriots fan, I will never get over that game pretty sad isn't it anyway let's go really quick over the last couple teams here Yankees Yankees fans they're everything about a New York New York fan that you hate they're loud they're obnoxious they're self-entitled and they live in the past everything about not even a New York fan let me fix that Anything about a sports fan you hate is a Yankees fan. Let me go off that list again. They're loud. They're stupid. They smell. They live in the past. And they know nothing of what they speak. They are the worst collection of fans. And they think they're winning it all every single year. Because they had run a success in the 60s and the late 90s and early 2000s. That's all I got to say about that. The Mets, you got pitching. So they have they have reason to be optimistic for the first time in years. Even with Will Pond flushing his money down the toilet because of pyramid scheme with Bernie Madoff. Freaking idiots. And Will Pond is in charge. He's on the executive committee 
He's the head of the uh, Major League Baseball's finance committee, which I can't even wrap my head around. Like, he was recently made that position. Fred Wilpon, one of the dumbest owners in baseball, if not the dumbest owners in sports, was, was made head of the finance committee for Major League Baseball. I can't even think up of a good enough analogy for that because that's how because that is an analogy in itself. That's a punchline in itself. Like that's that's something you make an analogy for other things. That is awful because he is so inept. Because there's only he, he could make a team in the biggest media market in the country wheel and deal and sign free agents like they were a mid-market team like they were the Milwaukee Brewers or the or the Pittsburgh Pirates only he can do that and I don't even care about the Mets love them or hate them don't even care I am so indifferent about the Mets I just don't care and I can't fathom on how stupid Wilpon is Wow. Rangers, Islanders, Devils. Rangers suck. Islanders are really good. Devils, who the hell cares? The New Jersey. Are they a New York team? Like, how far outside of New York do they play? Does it count? I don't know. They're the Devils. Who cares? Knicks. I'm going to bring up the Knicks only because I thought of something that I think is even just mildly creative. It's something like a, it's like a, it's a really it's it's a mediocre dad joke. Something your dad would would make. The Knicks are jesters playing in a crumbling palace. Palace being Madison Square Garden. They're jesters because they've won eight games all year. And it would be really funny to see Carmelo Anthony and Phil Jackson wear those motley hats. I think it would be kind of funny. Brooklyn Nets, no one cares. You're not accepted yet. And it's not just my opinion. It's not like what I believe. People wear the Nets gear because it's new and it's black and white and it looks kind of cool. But they're not even remotely accepted into New York sports lore. Not even close. And it's going to be a few years until they do. And furthermore, you need to win to be accepted anywhere. Let alone New York. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, New York is a fun town. They say this, it's a city that never sleeps. Manhattan, yes. Everywhere else, you can walk down the street. It is dead as any other town. Where I work, in Brooklyn Heights, right by the Brooklyn Bridge... After 10 o'clock, things are closed. Everything is closed, except for the one place I work. Everything is closed. So, Manhattan is the city that never sleeps. Manhattan is the borough, it's the county that never sleeps. That's what you should really go for. Manhattan is the, bur- is the county, rather, that never sleeps. Unless you live in Morningside Heights. Or, not rather, uh, Washington Heights. Or Central Park, if you're homeless or a criminal. I've been to Central Park once. It was really nice. 
That's like that's like one of the few things about New York that has lived up to its hype. Central Park. It actually is genuinely a nice place. You get lost in like certain parts. It's like a very wooded area. Nice like uh, ponds, small lakes, nice little bridges. It's actually a very peaceful place. You actually really can get out of the uh, the city noise. Strangely, like that's it's it's crazy to think, right? Like you can actually get away from New York City noise, but still stay in the city. Yeah. Just go to Central Park. And it's really clean too. That's like the one thing that they that the mayor or the parks department or whatever they they just focus on. If we're gonna clean anything, keep this clean. Central Park, very nice. I'm gonna move on from New York for a minute. Now thinking about New York and just because I live here all you know I live here. So thinking about it all the time, can you, can, you gotta keep your mind on certain things because this city can really get to you. People can get to you. Getting on the subway or a bus can get to you. The rent can get to you. Your lack of a grocery store can get to you. Pursuing your dreams can get to you. Life can get to you. So that's why you need to look at certain things. Other stories that are going on around the country to put a smile on your face. And one of those is a little story that happened the last few days. And it's still developing. It's still happening. It's a Baltimore man who decided to start a petition to have the AFC Championship game replayed between the Ravens and the Colts because he believes that the Patriots cheated their way to get to the Super Bowl for deflate gates and illegal formations and blah, 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 blah. Yes, we know. The Patriots are evil. Robert Kraft is this crazy mastermind who is who knows, who knows all. Bill Belichick is this evil genius who rapes babies in the face. Tom Brady is a pretty boy who slings Uggs for a living and nothing else. I know. But they're my evil geniuses and pretty boys. But that's not the point of this topic. The point is, is that given the opportunity and the means, I would have started a petition for any one of my Patriots' losses. And so would you for your for your team. You absolutely would. If that's all it took, if that's all it took was just starting a petition and just trying to get people to sign it, and if you had enough signatures, you can get the you get a playoff game replayed between your team and a team of your choosing. Like he chose a team that lost to play against another team that lost to play the game again to go to the Super Bowl. To eventually lose because you're playing a much better team than you are. Wow, that's all it takes? I absolutely would do the exact same thing. I'm not even mad at this guy. Not even mad. Because I'd do the same thing. Back in 2005 when the Pats lost to the Broncos, hell yeah, replay that game. Because we could beat we could beat the Steelers that year. We played the Seahawks in 2005. The Seahawks in 2005 was no good team. Yeah, we could beat them. 
2006, replay that Colts game? Hell yeah. Play the Bears in the Super Bowl against Rex Grossman? Hell yeah. Why wouldn't, why, who wouldn't do that? In any sport. In any sport. I would love to get the, the Red Sox to replay the uh, Game 7 of the ALCS. Get Pedro out uh, much earlier than he should have. Who wouldn't want to do that? It's a smart idea. If that's all it took, get some names. And this guy just didn't get some names. He didn't just go around the office like like the uh, the guy trying to get uh, his coworkers to buy chocolates for you know for his kid's school or for Boy Scouts or whatever. This guy got, I think, 60,000 signatures. Yeah, 60,000 signatures. Wow. That takes commitment. He's got to be committed later on, but that takes commitment. Holy hell. That really has to make you think that maybe we are taking these games a bit too seriously. And this is after the whole hoopla with the media going crazy over Deflategate. Like, we need a guy from Baltimore, Maryland to get a petition started to get the AFC Championship AC championship game replayed between two teams that lost and get 60,000 signatures. It That's how much it takes for us to stop and think, you know what? Maybe it is time to rethink our priorities. We won't. We won't. We'll keep going. No one's going to be protesting in the middle of a highway. No one's going to be threatening to show nudes of Bill Belichick or Tom Brady over Twitter. We'll keep going. When I say we, I mean everyone. We'll move on. That's what makes sports so interesting. It's the end of our daily lives. So you got fantasy football that keeps us busy. And there's no offseason for the NFL. You have the combine and the draft. This past year, I actually realized how exhausting it was. I worked in a sports bar for, for a while. You'd see the, these, these lugs who'd come in just to watch draft analysis. It is 1 o'clock on a Wednesday. And these guys, and I'm, and I'm not even like trying to paint you a picture that these guys are just, you know, dirty and grungy and they're just, you know, jobless and probably have a wife and a kid at home that they're leaving just to come to a bar. No, these are guys who, these are upstanding citizens, supposedly, with suit and tie, briefcase, iPhone, and Blackberry, both, leaving their job to go to a mediocre sports bar in the middle of the afternoon just to catch up on some draft analysis for the Saints. He doesn't even like the Saints, but he's there because he needs to keep up on it. 
I think it's a little much after a while. That, that that was like when I started to think, you know what, maybe maybe football can stop in the spring and the summer. We'll pick back up back in September. Yikes. Oh. My apartment has wood floors. I prefer wood floors. I wouldn't want a rug. Like like wall to wall wall to wall carpeting. I I I wouldn't want that. It just sounds like I'm going to spill something and it's never going to get clean. I'm going to break something and I'm going to cut up my foot one day. I'm going to get some crumbs embedded in the fibers. And that's going to attract rats and cockroaches, and they're going to overtake me and throw me out. And I'll still be paying the rent. As we all know, cockroaches and rats don't have money. So that's why you compromise. And you get an area rug on your wood floor. Area rugs. They just fit perfectly sometimes and in my case they fit perfectly I remember moving I remember thinking the first thing I had to get not a bed not food not bathroom material I need an area rug to quote a famous Coen Brothers masterpiece of a film the rug really does tie the room together. Does it not? It does. And it's it has like this weird like smoothness to it, like a silkiness to it. It's made out of cotton or polyester or something. I don't know. I didn't bother checking the tag because I didn't care enough. But there's a weird feeling to it on your bare feet. It's nice. And when you spill something, like just some crumbs or whatever, it doesn't go into the, fi- the, f- the fabric. You can just pick it up. I'm telling you, Target knows how to sell de- decently, decent, discounted rugs. This is great. It's, you know, it's firm, doesn't slide. Now you walk across it, only I only have to adjust it like once a week to make sure it lines up to the with the wood so it stays straight. It's got to stay straight. It's not crooked then. What am I, Neanderthal? It has to stay straight. Keep it clean. Oh, that's another thing. I don't want a vacuum. So what do you need a vacuum for on a wood floor? Got to get a dust buster. Yeah, I got to get a dust buster. My God. This is really I got into at this point in, the, in this episode. I'm talking about dustbusters cleaning up my rug. Well, that only means one thing. I think it's time to end it. So this is how I, I'll end it. This is what I'm going to try to how I'm going to try to end each episode. This with a, I'm going to try to end it with a disclaimer. This show is called The Mule. 
like mule, like the animal, the mule. Now you can interpret that any way you want. You can take it as the mule, it's a underrated animal, but it's strong, it can take a lot of weight, it can carry a lot of things, it can do a lot of the grungy, dirty work to get from point A to point B. The mule is the animal in the Grand Canyon that you take down the very steep cliffs because they're of their impeccable balance and grace. Or, you can take it as this show is hosted and listened to by a bunch of jackasses. Anything they say is based off of pure opinion and no fact. And later on, maybe scientific fact. There is nothing about this show that presents a true, a broad, well-researched, educated opinion on any subject. Or... My name is Samuel Appleman. And the nickname that I was given by one person, and only one person, and I was only called this nickname by this one person, I was called the mule. Where's the mule? A muley. Where's the mule? Give a shout out to him. Very strange, I know. But it could be any one of those three reasons, or it could be another reason I didn't mention, or hell, think of your own reason. But yeah, that's my disclaimer. It's just opinion. It's just whatever you want it to be. If you don't like it, turn it off. It's your choice. Well, that's that. Take care.